Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you on this Thursday, the 26th of October. Mark Bickley sitting in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, I am in a hotel room in Cairns at the moment in North Queensland, and it's wonderful and humid. The Australia Diamonds had a win last night. I'm going from 30 degrees to 10 degrees where it's been snowing in Tasmania because the Diamonds are playing in Hobart next week. But congratulations once again to um, our very own. We've adopted her in South Australia, Tilly Garrett, for making her debut for the Diamonds last night, which was wonderful. Um, And also the Aussie cricket team got a very big win. We're going to touch on Glenn Maxwell in a moment. More Team Kia for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. It is time for Elephant in the Room. I'm just the elephant in the room. Okay, what do we got for the elephant in the room? I'm, uh, How does it work, Mark Bickley? Just well, explain this to us. Okay, this is what happens. It, it, the elephant in the room is when we tackle the awkward subjects. This is the thing that you hear people whispering about in the corner of the room. They don't want to bring it up and put it out in, in the sort of public forum, but this is what you do. You, bring, re, you put it into the public forum and you make me talk about it, which is awkward for me, but good for you. I like it. Um, so there's a lot of elephants in the room today. I want to just... Touch on them all, all briefly, okay? There's a mm-hmm. what's a collective a collective group of elephants called? A herd, is it? Uh, okay, is it a stampede of elephants? Collective group of elephants. Uh, I'm just I'm just googling collective that right now. now. It is a herd. Mm. Yeah, it's a herd. Okay, so here we go. First one is uh, NBL related, basketball related. The okay. Adelaide 36 is preparing to face New Zealand and Perth, both away from home before they are back at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre to face the Jack Jumpers. So. Five-time championship winning coach, Mm. Trevor Gleeson. He's from the Wildcats. He was part of the Toronto Raptors coaching setup, and their head coach, Nick Nurse, has since moved on. Trevor Gleeson had one year left on his deal, which I think is worth around a million dollars. And with that year left on his deal, that means no matter what happens this year, he's still going to be paid Mm. that salary by the Toronto Raptors. However, he's recently come out and said he's open to the right offer as a host of NBL coaches come under pressure at the start of the season. There's a handful of coaches that are underperforming at the moment. If you go back to um, his previous club, the Perth Wildcats, John Rilly, um, they are underperforming at the moment, the Perth Wildcats. Their import, um, Doolittle, is literally living by his name and doing very little at the moment. Um, and he's not playing that well. So anyway, instead of me dancing around this topic... Does this put pressure on CJ Bruton to continue to perform similar to a Damien Hardwick being available at the middle of this recent AFL season? Is the pressure on now for CJ Bruton more than ever? Of course it is, Jared. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. Just back back to um, Gleeson. So he, uh, basically you said he gets paid his wage from uh, the Raptors no matter what. And the only, the only caveat on that is if he gets a job, and let's say whatever the number is, let's say the job is worth 100000 and he was getting paid a million, they just top up the, the, the rest of it. They take the 100000 off. And so he gets a million no matter what he does this year. So he's, Absolutely, I'm yes. Just, just from what I can gather, his number one priority is to remain in the NBA, but he said he will be open to all offers. So mm. I would think that, um, that that is something that if the teams you mentioned, Illawarra, 
Wildcats um, at the moment, you know, there's always been talk around the 36ers and what their season's going to look like. So if, if it does go south from here anytime soon, there will be pressure. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think the most likely one, though, is the Wildcats. If he, you know, his history and record there is is phenomenal. And so you would think if he's coming back to Australia, you generally go back to the places where, you know, there is a, a level of comfortability. So you would think that, I'm hoping anyway, that Adelaide continue to move forward. They start to get uh, some cohesion with the new players they've brought in. They play mm-hmm. really good basketball. CJ Bruton continues to develop the squad he's got and we're not talking about uh, a new coach. Rocco has just sent in a text on 0427-154-166. Walsh, you and Bix have been on air for SEN for a while, about 96 shows now. We don't need to have the segments explained to you every week. Well, Rocco, I appreciate the feedback. I just like to welcome in potentially new people that are hearing things for the first time, but I get it. Appreciate the feedback. So Rocco's just raised the elephant in the room that I explain the segments too much, and that's <laughs> absolutely fine. Okay, um, let's continue. There's another elephant, Mark Bickley. I was just waiting for the sound effect. Um, Gillen McLaughlin won't be... Oh, it's a late elephant. Yeah. Gillen McLaughlin won't be the only member of the family enjoying a European summer next year, with Hamish McLaughlin taking a sabbatical from Channel 7. So that means he won't be... On seven next year. So Hamish McLaughlin and his family will be based in France for 12 months with his three young kids attending an international school. Someone's doing well. His <laughs> eldest daughter will be in the final year of primary school, which is why the timing is perfect. My question to you, Mark Bickley, who takes over from Hamish McLaughlin? I'm talking presenter, MC. He does the AFL grand final. He's the host. Who takes over mm. from Hamish as the host? Okay, so let me just... Uh put a little caveat on that. He's going to come back and do some stuff. I think he's going to do some horse racing stuff uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the year. And he's also going to come back for the final series. So depending on how it goes uh, throughout the year, it'd be interesting to see whether he just is parachuted back in and, and leaps over all those people that have been doing it all year or whether someone can stand up during the year. I think most likely Luke Darcy is the most polished. Um, BT does do some hosting, but I think he's just a bit more loose. He's a bit more of the star as opposed to being the host. Luke is the one, I think, who pulls it all together and and can do that hosting duty. Had plenty of experience now. I feel like he's ready to step up. What do you think? I think uh, as a host, Luke Darcy's very good. James Brayshaw's very good. Um, there's There's a handful of options. There are people ready to go. So I think I'm on board with you, Mark Bickley, for Elephant in the Room. Oh, also, um, Rocco's just text back 0427-154-166 saying we still love you, Walsh. So there you go. We're back together. There Great. you go. Hey, here's another elephant. <laughs> Two to go, Bix. Glenn Maxwell, 106 from 44 against the Netherlands. Mm. That sentence in itself, is it still worth celebrating because it was against a minnow nation? <laughs> Well, I think the fact, it certainly it's worth celebrating. The Netherlands had a, a victory, a really good victory earlier in the tournament. They, they South, Africa, South Africa, they beat South yeah, Africa, yeah. Beat the yeah. So, so the, the banana skins, Afghanistan, the Netherlands, some of these uh, lower ranked teams, when they put it together, they can mm. really surprise, but they didn't put it together on the week, on, on last night, I should say. I think what saved Glenn Maxwell, not what saved it, but what gives it recognition, it was 40 balls he made his century, which is... 
a very, very fast. I think it's a record for the World Cup in terms of yeah. uh, century. So yep. that was very good. What gets lost in all this, and a bit more to your point, was David Warner made a century as well. Warner made uh, his 100 off, I think he ended up off 93 balls at the top of the inning. Yep. But we've hardly mentioned that, have we? So I think there's, um, you know, this is a little bit of the, the discussion we had when we compared the stats of David Warner and Ricky Ponting. We're talking about who was the best white ball cricketer of all time. I think some of the more recent players can get a little bit of padding on their stats through games like this that maybe weren't afforded to players like Ricky Ponting. Well, see, this is why I love elephant in the room. Okay, last one, Mark Bickley. Oh, there's another elephant. We've started to focus on cricket and basketball and soccer, but while we are focusing on these sports, we are forgetting that Scott Lysette, Sam Hayes and James Borlays are still mm. in the dark in regards to their playing future. Essendon yesterday, it took them a little while to announce that Will Snelling is not going to be part of their plans for 2024. Are we going to hear something soon? What's actually going on here? Uh, yeah, posturing, I suspect. So um, in, in regards to uh, James Borlays, I, I think Justin Reid has come out and said or, or gave some sort of verbal... Uh, inclination that he's going to be at the LA Footy Club next year. So they were hoping to be able to find a, a loophole to be able to keep him on as a rookie for a fourth year. They weren't able to do that. So now I, I guess they're posturing about what his contract looks like. They're probably, they probably want to offer him a, a one-year deal, uh, whereas I'm sure his management is looking for a little bit more security. So anyway, they'll be, they'll be posturing. I think at, at Port Adelaide with the two players you mentioned, uh, Scott Lysette, I think at the moment, is just deciding whether he wants to actually play AFL footy again. He, he certainly mm -hmm. won't be at Port Adelaide. So I've heard Collingwood mentioned. I've heard uh, a couple of other Melbourne teams mentioned. So really for him, comes down to does he want to move, pack up his family and go to Melbourne? Remember, he's been a bit of a journeyman. He's been in Perth. He's come back to Adelaide. Do you really want for the last year, maybe two years, to, to pack everything up and do it again? So that's what he's deciding. Sam Hayes, just not sure where that's at at the moment. Um, and it comes down and to... And Orazio Fantasia. Yeah, so I'm not sure about Orazio, but I think with Sam Hayes, it, it comes down to a philosophical question about how many Ruckman Port Adelaide won on their list. He's, I think he's uh, probably accepted the fact that he's there uh, as a backup and he was needed this year and he played a handful of games. Do you want to continue to go down that path or do you want to say, no, nah, I want to go to another club that maybe has, you know, if, if Port Adelaide you could argue have Ivan Soldo and Jordan Sweet who have just leapfrogged him and gone in front of him. Does he want to go to another club that maybe only has one key Ruckman ahead of him? And if that Ruckman were to get injured or fall out of favour, then he might get an opportunity. So they're all the things that are being sort of discussed and debated by clubs behind closed doors at the moment. Very nice, Mark Bickley. Very nice, as always. Elephant in the room. It is 13 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio uh, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning.